think I'm, yeah, there we go. <clears throat> well, I've really been looking forward to this. Um, uh, you know, this whole concept of faith, uh, the, uh, the history, the heroes, the, the people that we've been studying are, they're, they're examples for us. They're people that we can look at and say, wow, that, that took some faith. You know, when you think of Abraham leaving his country and going to a place that God said, well, I'll show you. Um, I'm not going to tell you where it is. Just go. <laughs> and when you get there, I'll let you know. That's faith. Or Moses, who didn't want to be in the house of Pharaoh, but wanted to be with his people and the faith that it took to lead them. And all the other stories that we've studied over this time as we've gone through this, this uh, section of a, of a better country. And uh, I was hoping to be able to preach about one of the people, but uh, God had other plans. I don't get to pre- preach about a person. I get to preach about faith. And that's an awesome thing. And so to kind of give you an idea of faith, to give you what it kind of looks like, I know you all live in faith. I know you all work in faith and have experienced faith. And, and I just, well, I'll put it this way. Somebody told me, in fact, it was Chad, who, he told me uh, this week uh, that the kids really enjoy having visual aids because it really helps them, you know, when you're in church to have visual aids. And so um, faith is the uh, hope of things unseen, the assurance of things unseen. It's, it's, faith is the conviction of things unseen. It's, it's that your hopes will be made uh, to come true. What's a visual aid for something that's invisible? So, okay, imagine this. Big circle up here on the stage. Big circle, okay? Focus in on that big circle. Everybody everybody got the big circle in your mind? Okay, now project on that big circle something this week that you're hoping for. It doesn't have to be big. Just something that you're hoping will happen. Visualize that in your mind. Okay, do do you see it? Do you see it coming true? Do you see it happening? Do you... Do you see maybe how it might come to take place? That's a little bit of an understanding of how faith works. It's visualizing that thing that you hope will take place. That's, that's, That's the beginning of faith. Faith is an interesting thing. Faith, I think there are some people that, who walk in faith, who live in faith, who, who, uh, uh, they don't walk by sight, they walk by faith. These are people that are mentioned in this passage of, of Hebrews chapter 11. You know, there's one that's really great. I love the one. His name's Enoch. Enoch's only mentioned a couple times in the Bible, and it doesn't say much about him in either of the places. But what it does say is that in the Old Testament, it said that Enoch walked with God. And he was no more because God took him. And he didn't see death. Just out walking with God. Got a little far from home. God said, just come on, come on home with me. That's, that's faith. That's a wonderful thing. And I have misshapen ears, so this thing just doesn't fit. I don't know what it is. Anyway. Um, and so, um, this, this walking by faith is what we see people around us so often. 
just walking in faith. Man. Sometimes I get just a little envious of that level of faith that I see in others. Now, Chad's daughter, Sadie, told me a joke. She said, why does... Why, why can't Cinderella play soccer? I don't know. Because she runs away from the ball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some people run away from faith. You ever notice that? Cinderella went away from this wonderful ball, you know, because it was midnight and the clock was striking and all that story. But the idea is sometimes we, we get a little close to this thing called faith and we go, oh, man. The terrors that the song talked about become just a little more visible. This, if I go into faith, what's going to happen to me? Who will I become? What will I have to sacrifice? What, what kind of a person might I be? There are others, maybe many others, who live right next to faith. They live with even the name of faith, and yet it doesn't penetrate very deep. It doesn't change the person that they are or the, the, uh, the things that they see and think, and yet it has an effect on their lives still. The book of Hebrews was written to a group of folks that are more in that third category, encouraging them to be people who live and walk by faith. It seems that they had become in danger of losing the faith altogether because they were not truly, deeply understanding how important, how amazing this gift of faith is. Now, some of you know I had the opportunity to spend two weeks in the hospital. I don't recommend it for the last day of your vacation. Um, but I didn't at any time know how sick I really was. I should have had a clue since I was in the hospital for two weeks, but I really didn't have a clue. But there was one night where I was realizing I had been out of work and not doing those kinds of things and away from here, and there were things that were not getting done because I was away. And in the, it was... I don't know what even day it was or what time of night, but I felt those things just sort of slip away. And I felt this incredible warmth, this incredible comfort. I felt like I was being sort of raised up. I don't know how else to describe it. I, sort of a floating feeling. And I sort of said, well, okay, what is this? People like you. In prayer. In faith. Asking on my behalf. You know, I've heard people pray, say sometimes when <clears throat> something bad is happening, they say, well, at least we can pray. 
That's the best and hardest work you can do in faith. Now, because the writer, we don't even know for sure who the writer is of Hebrews. It's mostly attributed to Paul, but you know, the way it's written doesn't really sound like Paul and how he writes. And so some have said maybe it was Apollos, because Apollos was very, very, um, uh, what's the word, um, where you're able to speak? Articulate, which I'm not. <laughs> he was very articulate. And, and because of his name, Apollos, we know that he had a Greek background. And so he quotes in the past, well, the, the writer of Hebrews quotes from the Greek Bible, the Greek Greek translation. So some have thought it was Apollos. Some have said it might be Barnabas, you know, Paul's companion, that uh, they went on missionary journeys together. It could have been Barnabas for the same kinds of reasons. Some have said uh, Aquila, uh, you know, if you've read uh, and know about some of the people that are associated with Paul, Aquila was one of them. And some have even said maybe Priscilla. And I say it that way because Nobody really knows for sure who it is. Nobody signed it. Therefore, it needed to be accepted. But in those days, Aquila might not have had the same acceptance. But this book is so important to the understanding of faith. It's a treatise. It's a, it's a pleading. It's, it's the writer saying, do not misunderstand all this. Do not miss the deep content, the powerful import of these historic figures. You can read about them and understand them and know what they did and know what they said and know what they felt. You can see how God worked in their lives. You can see what powerful things happened. We're all alive because Noah built an ark. We know that God set forth a law that men would know what sinfulness was so that they could avoid it. Moses wrote that down in the first five books of the Old Testament. These things were all done that we have symbols and signs and shadows of what was to come. Now our passage sounds a little sad for these people. Let's look at that again. I'll read it in a different translation. It says, uh, all those people were still living by faith when they died. Every one of them was living by faith when they died. You can go ahead and put that up there. I'm just reading it from a different... Um, each one of them, whatever God called them to do, they were doing it. They were living it. And we can say, well, now wait a minute. It says in this passage... Well, here, let's look at that. It says they were all living in faith, faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. They didn't receive the things promised. We, we can read that and we can read their stories and we go, well, no, no, they, Abraham had a child. Sarah gave birth. That was the promise. That was only a sign that there would come one who would be born. Born in a way that would be impossible 
was only a sign. It wasn't the promise. Abraham took his son and tied him to an altar and took out the knife prepared to sacrifice him. Even though the promise said that by him a great nation would come through this son. So Abraham assumed that God would raise him from the dead by faith. By faith, he was willing to sacrifice his son, assuming God's resurrection. But that wasn't the promise. That was not the promise. It was only a sign of what was to come. Wow. The law was only a sign. Enoch, who didn't face death, was only a sign. Abel, who gave a better sacrifice. It wasn't the promise. It was only a sign. Each of these ones died not receiving the full promise, but saw it from afar and gave thanks. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers. Aliens and strangers on earth. Verse 1. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for. And convicted of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. I tell you, I'm going to have to get new ears. So everything is made out of what is uh, not visible. That means, uh, <laughs> I hate to say it, but everything around you is just a sign. It's not the real thing. Everything around you is just a shadow. It's not what is to come. There is nothing that has been made that was not made by God in order for you to have a place to be. But it's temporary. It's not going to continue. It will not last. That can be terrifying for some people. Some people then say, well, what is reality? What is the truth? What is, what is something that I can depend upon and have faith in? <laughs> exactly. What is it? What did all these people that we look at are heroes of the, of the faith, what did they look forward to? What was the promise? What was the thing that was most important? Well, as we read, it says... Uh, that they were aliens and strangers on the earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they'd been thinking of the country that they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. 
Instead, they were uh, longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. He's prepared a city for them. All of these people, every one of them, lived in a a period or an era which we would call Bible times, right? And and many of I've heard people say this, man, it would have been easier to live in Bible times because there was all that miracle stuff going on. It had been easier for me to to believe in, in Bible times. But guess what? You live in Bible times. You are people who get to experience the promise. That's why the writer is so anxious, so, I would say, his heart is so poured out to these people to say, look, all these people died and they didn't see the promise. You have the promise and you're not even living in it. Wake up! That's what he's saying. I don't know if that applies to you. That's what he's saying to them. Wake up! They lived in faith and they did these things. They followed God and they loved him. And God loved them. But they didn't get what they were promised. Because what was promised is Jesus Christ. He is the new city. He is the better country. He is the thing they were longing for. And they saw it from afar, knowing that the promise had been fulfilled in Jesus. All these had to offer sacrifice for the sins and the guilts that they felt. The song, Tyler, that was a great song because that really preached the sermon. It's what they felt all the time is this, this need for forgiveness, this need for grace, this Solution to the problem. And the promise was that there would come a child that would be born. Child of God. To bring grace. See, faith is the gateway to to grace. It says in verse 6 here that you can't please God without faith. And you can't have faith unless you believe that God is. And if you don't believe that God is, then you're living in a place that's not totally real. Thinking it's real. You have faith in something false. The Old Testament people would call that idolatry. Because faith is the gateway to grace. Grace comes by the blood and sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And grace is the fulfillment of of hope. You know that, that first passage. Let's read that again. Let's hear that again. It says, Now, faith is being sure of what we hope for. Does it make a little more sense now? We are sure of the hope of salvation in Jesus Christ. That's faith. 
That's what we've been called to. And while these great heroes of the Bible were commended for their faith, they didn't receive the fullness of that hope. And we have been given it freely. We have been given it freely. Paul wrote that we have this living hope that is stored for us in heaven. We have this living hope. We can be sure of what we hope for. Now, none of us have seen Jesus. But we can be certain of what we do not see. Jesus said to Thomas, go ahead and stick your hands in the the holes. Go ahead and do that. If that will help you believe. And he said, oh, my Lord and God. He says, blessed are you who have seen and believed, but more blessed are those who have not seen and believed. This is our promise. This is what we have been given. See, hope is God's work of love through salvation. God's work of hope through salvation. Now, I've used this passage because the brides wanted me to in several weddings. It really doesn't apply to husbands and wives, but it's not a bad way to explain love. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is a, is a passage where Paul says, you've been given all these gifts, all these spiritual gifts. That's in chapter 12. And all these gifts are meant to build up the church, to increase your faith, to help you to walk in the salvation that's been given you freely through, through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. And so it, to explain this, he wanted to explain what this thing is, this, this love, this hope that we have, this thing that faith makes us sure of. And so he explained it um, this way. He says, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels, and, but I do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains... But I have not love. I'm nothing. If I give all that I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. You know, if, if you did those things in the world, people would probably praise you. But Paul says, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. I've missed it. I've missed it. I... I would die without actually knowing the truth if those were my goals in life. But he says, but patience is love. Love is patience. Love is kind. It does not envy and it does not boast. It is not proud. It is not, it is not rude. It's not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails.
Love can't be seen, but it can be felt. What is faith? What is faith? What is this new country that we've been talking about, this better country, this place that we've been called to through faith? It is a place where love rules. It's hard to know. It's hard to measure just how much God loves you. It's hard to know and hard to measure how much the people that we've preached about long to know and see into what we've been given freely. There's a wonderful passage that says, the angels stand on tiptoe to understand this gift of grace given to mankind. The writer of Hebrews was astonished, saddened, overwhelmed and amazed that people of faith could live in faith without it setting them on fire. He was amazed that they could have this amazing gift and take it for granted. That they're running away from the ball. So he wrote this book to encourage, to admonish, to strengthen, and to remind all of us who are people of faith how really amazing it is. How beyond all understanding that the God who created the universe by His voice and created everything you see around you to make life possible would be take on the form of a man, allow himself to be crucified that he might raise again to pay the debt of sin and show us where we're headed. Uh, You know, I know faith exists among you because I've felt it. So I thank God that I was sick for those weeks because I know the power of your prayer and your faith. I felt it. I can't deny it. And I'm just one small person. So I encourage us as the body of Christ, whether we live here in Crested Butte or Houston or Dallas or Oklahoma City, wherever you might be from, 
You're not from there. You're an alien. You're a stranger. You're a person looking for a better country. And while the world may give us all kinds of things that might be attractive, or things that are frustrating, or things that just make us wonder why it is this way, we've already received the promise. So live in it in faith. Because faith is the assurance of things hoped for. And you can't be convicted without evidence. And there's evidence all the time. Faith is the conviction of things not seen. Heavenly Father, we pray We have faith, Lord, in you. Increase our faith. Increase our faith. Let us not misunderstand the immensity of the gift that you've given us. We live and we breathe and we see and we think and we take those things for granted, but they are an amazing gift from you. Much more that you have saved us that you gave yourself for us. So increase our faith, Lord. Let us not walk by what we see, but by faith in you. Don't let the shiny things in life, the attractive things in life, distract us from... something that we can't even describe and sometimes we can't even measure. But give us that faith. Bless each one here. Encourage them. Strengthen them in you as we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.